Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates, ready to go. Outkick 360 is back. Monday edition is here. The crew all here at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Coming up in hour number three. So, and... Two and a half hours from now, Vaults AD Danny White will join the show. Looking forward uh, to that conversation. And we will also be talking tons of NFL draft throughout. A lot to hit today. Guys, what's up? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. So much draft talk to get into today. Glorious weekend uh, of yard work behind me, and now I'm ready to go, Paul. How are you? It's been a long couple of days with a lot of things unfolding, eager to discuss it all with you, and there was no yard work involved whatsoever on my end. Plenty of work being done across the league with uh, all the selections from the second through uh, seventh rounds. After we recapped round number one on Friday, things got right back to it as we continue to wait on the, the quarterbacks to go. And the wait continued. The league, as a collective group, didn't just not like this quarterback class. They hated these quarterbacks. Hated, hated them. And they fell to, <laughs> they fell to the fourth round um, and, and beyond. As Other than Kenny Pickett, who's drafted 20th overall, the wait was a long one. Desmond Ritter becomes the backup quarterback to Marcus Mariota at pick 74 in round three, followed by Malik Willis to the Tennessee Titans at pick 86, and Matt Corral to the Carolina Panthers after there were reports that the Panthers were in talks with the Browns about Baker Mayfield. They would rather have Matt Corral than Baker Mayfield, and uh, they go with Corral in, uh, in, in round three at, at pick 94. And then you get into... Bailey Zappi ahead of Sam Howe. And the other quarterbacks that were not drafted went as undrafted throughout this. A big surprise with the quarterback position. A group that normally teams chase. You trade up and you, you make a move to go get a guy, even if it's a backup for a year. We've seen, we've seen teams go and make their move. Paul, we didn't see that this year at all. Let's make no mistake, too. The industrial mock draft complex, big mock draft, if you will, failed everybody here. They had no read on how the league felt about these guys or they got their pants pulled down in terms of the league just throwing them off. Malik Willis, we heard, might go number two to Detroit. Um, you know, and, and Detroit and, probably and, said that the same way that the right. Titans said they wouldn't trade A.J. Brown. Yeah. But I Both mean, uh, yeah, but I mean, there are a million mock drafters. Usually one of those guys that comes out the last day and only does one mock draft, uh, you know, or the last week has has a better read. And I can tell you, I, I, my read of the Titans taking Malik Willis, they like Malik Willis, but they weren't looking for Malik Willis. They felt like Malik Willis just fell in their lap and was too good a value to pass up at that stage. They did not go into this draft and say, hey, we're going to get a guy that's going to replace Ryan Tannehill in a year. 
they just felt like, hey, this guy's a, a too good a value at 86. We never thought he'd be here. They were at 90. They said, hey, we move up four spots, and we've got a, a quarterback that we thought would probably be gone a long time from now. I think he was their best guy on their board by a lot at that stage, and they were just stunned that he was there, and he found him too good to be true. Um, but a lot of these guys, and the, the guy from Brown didn't get drafted. I think people thought he was going to be uh, – a, a draft pick as yep. well. So an all-time bad quarterback draft in terms of how, like you said, that teams hated these guys. I, I feel like with the Titans specifically, it went. It's sort of like the line from Dumb and Dumber. You, know, you did this on Thursday night, and then you come back and completely redeem yourself because Titans fans were ecstatic yeah. with Malik Willis, and it didn't erase the sting of AJ Brown and the trade from fans who didn't like that, but. It got Titans fans excited that a guy, Paul, and you're right, that was mocked in the top ten of a lot of mock drafts fell to them in the third round. And there's no pressure on Malik Willis right now. It's a great situation for him. It's a great situation for the Titans. I'm sure he'd like to, that first-round money. He didn't want to be going to the third round. But it's a nice spot to develop a guy who does have the traits to be a really good NFL quarterback. We're just going to see if he can get the seasoning uh, to do so, but he's going to have time to do that now uh, for the Titans. I don't blame mock drafters out there for having these quarterbacks so high because it's the same thing we've been talking about. They're looking at it not just as everyone said this is a down quarterback class. No one, no one thought these guys were all great and it was some great class, but we overvalue teams' desire to just draft a quarterback if they need one. Any quarterback will do. Got to take one guy. Let's yeah. get one of the top guys not, on the board. Not just teams, bad teams. Yes, and this is an example of, I think, some really great restraint. I respect From restraint. teams across the league to say, you know what? We're not very good. Yeah, we don't have a great quarterback right now, but I'm not going to waste a pick on one of these guys we just don't believe in. And you saw that happen time and time again in this draft. My hat's off to those teams that passed on, on quarterback as long as they did. Now, for the Titans, I think it's a great it. move you know, to get him where they did. But for the teams that pass time and time again, if you're not in love with a quarterback, I, I'm all for that. Well, here's why you mock the quarterbacks high. It's because Kyle Trask went 64th overall. Kellen Mond was the 66th overall pick. Davis Mills went 67 to Houston. Uh, that's all from last year's group. Well, I think they're saying these guys are equivalent of those guys, and those guys were overdrafted. Uh, they, they were, then you have... Uh, Christian Hackenberg, Mike Glennon, Brock oh, Osweiler, awful. all awful quarterbacks who were drafted in the first round. And outside of Pickett, the league wanted no part of this, uh, of this class whatsoever. I mean, that, that to me is the – and it, here's, here's the other factor about the quarterback group. There were eight teams that either drafted a quarterback last year high in the first round or the previous year in the first round. There were eight quarterbacks that are at, at best – or at worst, however you look at it, only going into year number two. Or either good or have Or leash. finishing year number two with their, with their team. So you feel like you, you're still building around that guy rather than looking for his replacement. Several of them are good, and some of them have leash that it's right. too soon. You know, you're not going to see the Arizona move very often where you bail on, on Rosen one year and go ahead and, and get his replacement just, uh, just a year out. And, Chad, I, just a quick aside on the Titans. I wouldn't be too excited if I'm a Titans fan just out of the Malik Willis pick. They have one starter out of nine picks, and he's replacing A.J. Brown. 
So that's a long-range right. draft for them, not a quick improvement draft. It was a move, starting with A.J. Brown, that looks like a team that's in soft rebuild mode. Yeah. And I go back to even taking – and look, I'm sure he's the best guy that was left on their board, uh, McCready, in the second round. Not a position of need it's Caleb right there. That's, insurance. that's not going after a guy that you absolutely have to have with that spot. That was more confirmation to me that the Titans view this team as one that's in a soft rebuild right now with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. So that may not be the case, but the, the first couple of signs in this draft, trading away A.J. Brown, drafting a younger version, you hope, of A.J. Brown and Traylon Burks, drafting a best – Best available player, even though it's not a position of immediate need for a team that should be contending for a Super Bowl, these all are soft rebuild type moves. And he could be for covering Titans. for last year's first round picks, injury yeah, problems, Caleb which is another scary Hey, one other thing about sign. restraint, um, I don't know that we've seen this before in terms of reports. Not being leaked, not getting out until late in the draft or after someone's drafted. Nicobe Dean. Nicobe Dean is one of them. And, but everything I'm reading is there's some issues. There's a pectoral issue. There's other things going on. But it's nothing debilitating. It's nothing no, he's not going to come back from. So it, there he's were a lot be a of full team, participant in rookie minicamp. Yeah, there were a lot of people who were still very – it was very strange that he dropped the way that he did in the draft. Um, the other one is Matt Corral, where reports come out about alcohol issues, behavioral issues, psychological issues while he was at Ole Miss – didn't really hear about much of this going into the draft. And if people had that and waited until after he was draft, drafted, I mean, that's great for Matt Corral, right, that it doesn't come out the day of the first round, and that's what everyone's talking about as you're there. I think he was in the green room yeah, this year. As you're sitting yeah, there in the green room. he got such good word that he yeah. felt confident so, about being there. I, I don't know what to think about that from a journalistic standpoint, or maybe that's just when they got the news. But there was a lot of that going around I saw Daniel Jeremiah at one point was asked by Rich Eisen during a broadcast I think it was Johnson the edge rusher from uh, Florida State said why has he dropped he was like number nine on Jeremiah's list why has he dropped to this point and Jeremiah just said I have no idea but I'm going to find out in a day or two and I'll get back with you I'll find out after the draft from people when they're honest with me about why he dropped that well then the Kobe Dean stuff was was known, maybe not at the beginning, but I was talking to a couple scouting guys who told me what it was but didn't want it out. So, no, I, I think, like, I don't know, they felt the obligation to the kid not to be the ones that put it out, which is weird because every, all the scouting community knew what it was. So are you doing him a favor not putting it out, or are you hurting him by not putting it out while the whole world's spending hours questioning while he's not being drafted when they're – is a medical excuse that would have made everybody watch and go, oh, that's why he's not out. There's something up with his shoulders and his pack. I think that would have done him a service. They say, oh, that's why. At least there's a medical reason. But the Eagles have said to, to media members there that he's going to be a full participant in the, the workouts coming up. But there's rookie, also rookie camp. Yeah, also a report, though, that maybe he should have had pec surgery or may need pec surgery. So I think it's – Different strokes for different folks. Well, their, we'll doctors find, we'll find out. their doctors looked at him, and that's what they're saying. So, yeah. uh, look, I, well, they got him in the third round. You've so got, you've got a highly motivated Nicobe Dean now in Philly. That, that is a great pick for them in that spot. Even if he were to need surgery, miss time, even if he were to miss the year, 
uh, which is the worst case scenario, and I haven't heard anything saying that, but that's at a point where for that level that's of a, talent. That's an injury that where you would if you have to go pack. on IR, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they, they miss out on Jordan Davis, and or excuse me, they, no, trade, they trade up, up for, for Jordan, Jordan Davis, Davis uh, who's eventually going to be the full-time replacement for Fletcher Cox. I mean, that, that's how you read into that. They've brought him back on a restructured contract after they released the veteran. They, they re-signed him quickly thereafter. Uh, they, they trade for A.J. Brown. Um, it, they, they had a lot of uh, picks throughout the draft that just made sense. You know, a lot of times we're trying to grade drafts A, B, C, D. I look at the draft class and just ask, did this make sense? What New England did doesn't make sense to me. You know, top to Agreed. bottom. No, if you love those guys, that's fine. But you've got to put in context what the rest of the league thinks. Otherwise, you're just giving away rounds. Right. Yeah. And, you know, they, they draft the backup quarterback in Bailey Zappi. He's not pushing for a starting role, right? They, you're, just, you're getting a, a full-time backup. That's how he's viewed. That's yeah. how the, the – So you can have a rookie backup to a second-year starter. You know, and it's rare to start looking around the league and start pointing at New England as not making sense because normally what they do works out. And, you know, five years from now, you can replay the tape, and I'm sure one of these guys is going to be great. But based on where these guys were selected, I, I didn't see – I don't know. It was just some some head scratching moves. Casario Cole, Cole gone. Strange at twenty nine. Casario gone. Montias and Fort gone. They've had some defections from their scouting department that maybe show up that probably were pretty good resources for Bill Belichick. Um, Matt Corral. Let's go back to that briefly because th- this will be a topic that we'll hit later in the show. Um, Baker Mayfield, if you believe the reports, was nearly dealt to Carolina on Friday, and. Then early Saturday, they continued those discussions. And for what, I mean, for whatever reason, Carolina didn't like the compensation that they were going to have to give up combined with whatever they were going to pay Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield, here's how I'm framing this in my mind and what I can't understand. Baker Mayfield has gone from being the number one overall pick to four years later being a guy that no one even wants to trade a seventh-round pick for and would rather draft a quarterback no one else wanted in Matt Corral to contend for the starting role uh, in Carolina with the Panthers, who's been begging for a franchise quarterback. I don't understand the, the, the line of thinking there if you're unsure about Corral because the Panthers had passed on him multiple times yeah. in this draft and then the circle back and draft him after a trade falls through with Baker Mayfield for a very late round pick. I started to say he's got to get released, but I think you're better off maybe holding on to him waiting for somebody to get hurt in the hopes that you can get out of some of the $18.8 million. They're uh, going to have to pay that yeah. if you want anything in return. Because either way, right. you're going to you pay You wait for him. somebody to get hurt, and then they can take some of the salary, even if you're just getting a seventh for him, even if you're just getting a pick swap for him. you got to get out from some of the money. All indications are Seattle is just not interested. And I know, that's yeah. the only team that really has a hole at quarterback at this stage. I, I don't get it. Now, I talked about restraint with journalists and reports. I keep thinking, are we going to find out something a month after he's traded or signed somewhere about Baker Mayfield that we don't know about right now? Because I, I, all I see is a guy who tried to play through injury. And yeah, it bit and two him. years ago, he had him in the playoffs. I mean, he, had a, he won a playoff yeah. game for Cleveland. That's no small feat. He was beloved in that city for a while. And suddenly, he's not the adult they need in the room. And I'm watching a guy who's just trying to gut through an injury and probably shouldn't have. I don't, I don't, want, I, I don't understand I don't, why he's not more is, sought after. But, the, Chad, you just hit on it. What, what's so confusing for me? 
I don't want to belittle any background report that's been out there that's been out there on Matt Corral and you know depression issues and, and alcohol issues, whatever. But to have the quote come out uh, about in Cleveland about the we need an adult in the room, and then for Carolina to choose Matt Corral over Baker Mayfield, something's up there. And if you're not willing to just depart with a sixth or seventh round pick in exchange for Baker Mayfield who you're probably going to turn to at some point, given their quarterback situation in Charlotte. Well, you say, I, I, I think maybe it's just as simple as money. I'll take this set of issues for rookie, what round money? Fifth yeah, round but, money, as opposed to this set of issues that, that's for where, whatever Cleveland's making me pay. But that's where like, you have the body of work with Mayfield, and based on report, you're not having to pick up the full salary. Cleveland's going to pay part of yeah, this. Yeah, no, good share. But, but – so if that's like I'm looking at it from the way the Titans dealt for Tannehill, where Miami picked up a good share of that contract, and then you turn things over to him, and things work out great. It's a great bargain for you moving forward, where you found a guy that is yeah. structurally fits what you do, and if not, a year, it's you're a short term deal, and you're on to the next quarterback you're out of Darnold and Mayfield. Exactly, next year. yeah, you're you're headed that way it's anyway. Weird. It's definitely weird. It's uh, it's a puzzle that I can't put together for Carolina right now. And I, I'm not advocating that it's, it's Baker Mayfield or bust, but based on the way the league viewed these quarterbacks, consider the way they viewed Baker Mayfield this offseason. You'd rather sign Jameis Winston or Mitchell Trubisky than trade a mid-round pick at the time for Baker Mayfield. I would have never guessed that. And who knows how long this goes. See, I, I think now Baker needs to show up to the mandatory stuff. I do too. And, Absolutely. And, that, and I don't think in a, in a worried, disruptive way. I if, just think in a... If Cleveland's were waiting on an injury to take place, you press the issue, and what the one thing Cleveland doesn't want is for him to get hurt there doing work for them, for a quarterback they're not going to use. Um, really I, I really surprising that he wasn't I don't see dealt. that they can release him. I mean, you release him, you're guaranteed taking the 18-whatever. No, that's what I'm saying. You have to trade him. And, yeah. and, um, take whatever you You have can to pay get. a huge brunt of that contract now. Yeah, but if you can get somebody to pick up even three, four, five million, that's a big savings. I think that's the – five million is probably the area you're talking yeah. about yeah. now. But that's still five million off 18 is, is a discount. Because otherwise it's just offset – and whoever signs you after you release them, going to pay you minimum. I mean, because uh, you're making the 18. Peter Kurt, uh, Peter King was saying um, he was saying Chad that the Browns should pay 90 percent of his salary now just to move him. Like that's the point. That's the position they're going to be in if they want to get a pick in return and just have any value. Well, and for if that's him. the case, there's got to be a lot of teams that would be interested. in that. I, I would think so. I mean, if I'm, I, I just I'm throwing out the first team that pops the Giants. I would go get Baker Mayfield to yeah. back up Daniel Jones as an option it's if Daniel same. Jones falls on his face. Now they exactly. got Tyrod for, Taylor, right? right? Yeah, but yes. for virtually nothing. The point is there's a number of teams that could bring him in even as a backup option that could quickly be a starter. The Ryan Tannehill effect with Marcus Mariota yep. with the Titans a few years ago. All, all, it's a mystery. Uh, yeah, and a mystery that will soon have some details to it. Because Cleveland it, it just realistically can't keep him around much longer. Uh, more NFL draft reaction when we return. Wide receivers on full display throughout this draft. We'll give you the numbers of the wide receivers, setting a, a record for the most selected through the first three rounds. The value placed there. And drafts that made sense, others that didn't. 
Um, we, we hit on New England a bit there. There are others that just had some head scratchers throughout this draft. And another player, other than Baker Mayfield, who did not get dealt this weekend, we discussed Debo Samuel and whether or not he is going to get traded. That's all coming up on OutKick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Recapping the 2022 NFL Draft on OutKick 360. Glad you're with us from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Uh, one, one class that I just, I don't know, didn't make sense. The Bears, they Damn. waited a while to address offensive line, wide receiver. I mean, they, they went heavy defensive back, and they needed help in that area. So I don't fault them for that, and Ryan Pales and what he did uh, in his first draft. But, uh, yeah, I mean, normally you start up front, and you start with your franchise quarterback and piecing things around him. I didn't view that as a job well done in this draft for Chicago. No, I agree entirely, and there are other young quarterbacks around the league um, Tua, yeah. uh, Goff, if you consider him still young, but uh, um, getting weaponry and linemen oh, Trevor Lawrence. around them. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Their entire offseason isn't built around him. And here Fields is, is uh, not, not getting stuff. Uh, I mean, they passed on. Bears have a terrible roster, so they need help everywhere. But why not start around? Your I, I do like the Velas yeah. Jones Jr. pick uh, yeah. for the Bears. That was one on Friday. But they passed that on was one of my favorite. An ones. example would be they passed on Sky Moore, who the Chiefs ultimately ended up with. They Which passed is perfect on, for the Chiefs. They they yeah they they pass on George Pickens. You know they don't want to take a flyer on him, uh, so he ends up in what Pittsburgh. Um, so I I don't know I I, I look at. Um, I look at their draft and think, yeah, you, you didn't do much for Justin Fields, and he's headed down sort of the same path. Well, it's always uh, underwhelming and strange, especially with a young quarterback, when you go secondary, secondary with your top two picks, uh, which the Bears did, and then wait until the third round uh, with Valus Jones Jr. to do anything to try to help Justin Fields. I, I'm with you. That was a head scratcher, not a head scratcher to the level of Cole Strange which was strange in the first round for the Patriots, but a strange draft nonetheless. There's another thing that makes the draft a little strange, and I know we're going to hit on this a little bit. 
Uh, Vikings let the Lions trade up to yeah. go get Jamison Williams. The Vikings going to regret defending Jamison Williams for a long they time. They traded with the Packers, too, I think. Yeah, and they traded with the Packers as well. Uh, the a little bit much on the divisional trading to accommodate a team you play twice a year. Is that taking advantage of a new GM, or is that just me looking into it too much? But these were both for receivers, so they accommodated the Christian Watson trade also. So they're going to face Christian Watson, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, and Jamison Williams. They must be awfully confident in their <laughs> secondary. I guess, or confident they're going to outscore people uh, at a consistent rate. But it's not – that was odd. You normally don't see the trades within your own division, especially for marquee talent early in drafts. And that's what we that's saw twice. here. First-round receiver and a second-round receiver, 10th and 53rd. Um, aside from – what did, you, get, fourth, what did you guys make of Desmond Ritter – Ending up in Atlanta. Feels had, like the right kind of guy. He had uh, Arthur, Arthur. Arthur Smith had his choice there at quarterback, and he goes with Desmond Ritter. It, I think that I was always going to be um, – whoever Arthur Smith drafted at quarterback, I was going to like for Arthur Smith. With, with his track record, with who he wants, with who he brings in, I was going to like the match. I was surprised Desmond Ritter was the second quarterback off the board that that's what surprised me just based on everything you heard in the lead-up to yeah. the draft. He was always, oh, he might be the last of three or four quarterbacks drafted in the first round. That's where Desmond, Desmond Ritter was, not a second-round pick and the second QB off the board in the entire draft. Desmond Ritter is not going to be able to play on his own timetable um, unless they've got a third guy that they like because Marcus Mariota will get hurt. And Desmond Ritter will be called on when Marcus Mariota gets hurt. So unless Marcus goes on a, a uncommon streak, um, you know they're going to need him probably earlier than they'd like to play him. Well, and I think the same would go for Matt Corral. He's not going to have time to sit back very long. I think there'll be pressure to do something with Darnold if they get off to like a one and three start. You know. Yeah, that one is the most uh, the one that's most up your alley, Hutton, in terms of a, a coach trying to save his job. I don't know that Matt Rule has a great chance at that, but he's the guy he that's does. going to be trying the most. Arthur Smith not going to have a quarterback clock dictating his job security. Um, and certainly um, in Pittsburgh, that's not a factor. In Tennessee, that's not a factor. It's a factor in Carolina. I think Malik Willis got the best spot for him. In terms of development, I think Ritter and Corral are prime where they are right now for opportunity. I will say they, they are going to have a quick opportunity to show themselves in any way and be the possible franchise quarterback for those two teams in the NFC South. I will say on the Tennessee front, we've not seen Pat O'Hara, the quarterback coach, Todd Downing, uh, the coordinator who's just going into his second year, do anything in terms of quarterback development. Tim Kelly – was, I think, a little bit of a part of Deshaun Watson, though not a front-burner guy there. But there's a lot to prove in terms of developing a guy. And I think the Titans have a challenge here because the playbook's going to have to change for Malik Willis. So can they proceed with a regular season with Ryan Tannehill this year and have kind of underlying a – I don't know if you draw up the new playbook – but you kind of work with Malik Willis on a sub-level. They used to do this on Fridays with uh, even Logan Woodside, their current backup, where 
you know, Friday afternoons, teams kind of release guys and go home and, and you have an easier day. Coordinator stays, works with Willis. It's a big day for Willis. And you have kind of a sub-offense uh, working uh, with that. I think they need to do something like that this year to get him advanced in a way that he won't get advanced running a scout team or being a second or third backup. It's, it's, a much, uh, it's a much different style, as you're pointing to, and it's very deliberate to draft him and know that the style is going to be necessary if you put him in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if, if Tannehill gets hurt in September, they're running a completely different offense. Or is he your backup in September? I, I know the clamoring will be for that, but it's a, it's a long way from where he's been to, where, to, to putting him in a divisional game in the NFL in September. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't play him in those situations. I will be surprised if he's not in special packages. So uh, are we talking about three active quarterbacks because he is going to get eight plays a game to run? Tannehill's a pretty good runner, but you want to put him in for, for some special stuff? He'd be awfully intriguing on the run. He's Trey Lance. I mean, I think that's, that's how you use him um, this year if you're the Titans. Not, maybe not as many plays as Trey Lance was getting, but there needs to be some sort of package to get him some looks. But if he needs to be your backup quarterback in addition to running that stuff, I don't know if we see him the first six weeks. There, there w- I mean, if you, if you start reading through the analysts and, and what they think of the, the pick, some, some have him, Malik Willis, ahead of Kenny Pickett um, in terms of value and ceiling, ability, sure. a ceiling and ability to, to help a team sooner rather than later. Uh, soon could be, you know, a year from now. But look, I mean, for the first time, Ryan Tannehill is going to be looking over his shoulder, at least to some extent, because Logan Woodside provided no threat. Well, in my view, I, I mean, I think it's a boomer bust pick. And if it busts, it's not killer for them. But what you want to happen is for him to be your starter in 2023 and for them to make him a star. And that, that's the boom. And it's not out of the realm of possibility. Otherwise, they don't make the move. I mean, the Titans haven't drafted first-round picks well. I think there's very little risk in this and huge reward with, with Malik Willis. I, I really do. That, that this is the one pick that I saw in this draft and said, no-brainer if he's around. You take a shot on it, he's got elite talent. If it translates to the, to the NFL game and you can come up with a plan for him, it's going to be one of the best picks of this draft. It's an it's a intriguing position that Robinson took in this draft because he traded away one of his best players in A.J. Brown and then ends up drafting a quarterback in the third round that for the first time we're going to, we as a, a group, an NFL collective group, will be analyzing every throw, um, every read, every interaction that the backup quarterback is making. Um, Which changes the vibe. We weren't, we weren't talking about Ryan Tannehill in that same way whenever they signed, were traded for him with Mariota. Now, that, that was because they made it clear from the jump that Mariota was the starter, and that's all. You know, they're, they're hesitant to even mention you know, if this guy's going to be a backup right now, which is ludicrous. I mean, this guy's the backup quarterback, and the, the thir- three quarterbacks active is way too valuable of a spot just to leave not, unused. Um, if, if you're going to use him in packages, I would use him as the backup. And then if you don't feel comfortable with it, they have Derrick Henry, they'll just go Wildcat. That, that's, that's what they'll end up doing. But the, the, if Tannehill comes out, and he traditionally plays well in the regular season, but if he comes out and plays bad, 
there's going to be a clamoring for the rookie. He may talk tomorrow, Tannehill. Um, there's some availability with veterans tomorrow. Is he here? We don't know. But if he's here, uh, he'll, I well, would let's, imagine let's he'll talk Let's get here tomorrow. before we know if he's going to talk or not. I, I, I don't think Tannehill's going to handle any of this very well. I, I don't think he's See, I a think guy. He'll be fine. I don't, I don't think know he's that he'll a be a guy, great, great mentor, but I think he's I think he's going to be fine in media availability. I, I just don't see him as someone that's going to handle someone breathing down his neck and fans chanting for a backup as well as some others. Not that any human is going to love that, right? I mean, you're gonna, that's going to affect you in some way. There are other quarterbacks with a mental makeup better to handle that than Ryan Tannehill. I agree with that. I, I, listen, I don't think he's going to handle this year well because, uh, unless he plays great um, because the city's turned against him. And I, I don't know if he has a handle on that or not. But well, Clearly um, doesn't. <laughs> Either well, does or maybe doesn't does. care. I think maybe does, which is why maybe he stayed away longer. Um, but well, then he then he's acting like he doesn't care. Yeah, but uh, you know, if he can play well, he'll he can make it not matter. And look, the bulk of the regular season last year is pretty good. It's it's that Cincinnati game that was the killer. They won twelve games. They were the best team in the AFC, even for his down moments in the regular season. Um, Some of their biggest wins, he was awful. He the pass game them. was awful. Yeah. But uh, in the end, they, they won those games. Right. So if he gets them through a regular season and they're good again, um, but, the A.J. Brown thing is the big concern. But for me. the first time, the Titans have started the conversation yes. about what's next. Yeah. That's what's key here. It's the position that Robinson took. This is a pivot point for the organization because while other, other teams, you can look at the window – and you can see teams that are trying to cash in and trying to either create a window or think about the short-term future rather than the long-term aspect. Um, an example would be uh, the Raiders, the Dolphins. Um, the, you know, the, the Chiefs are an example of how you keep windows open around your quarterback, but I'm, I'm speaking spe- specifically on teams that don't know whether or not their guy is the future long-term at, at quarterback. Uh, the Titans are the opposite of those teams. They traded away one of their best players, and then they drafted Young and went to other positions where they're now setting themselves up for what was an old roster. They're setting themselves up for more affordable guys a year at from now positions. where they're going to be kicking the, the guys that are making too much money down the curb. And, and that's specifically Taylor Lewan, Derrick Henry, uh, Ryan Tannehill. Maybe not all at once, but you're seeing the beginning of the end for the first time. The yes. door's been cracked. But as for this year, um, I think we could look to Dylan Radins in terms of the Titans' willingness to say a small school guy is not ready. And I think Mike Vrabel will have plenty of comfort, no matter what Tannehill's doing, repeatedly telling us Malik Willis is not ready. Debo Samuel remains with the 49ers, but for how long? And if he's dealt, which team do we think could be in the mix now post-draft? We've got a couple examples for you coming up on Outkick 360. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Debo Samuel remains with the 49ers. Reports were that they had at least two offers on the table over the weekend and turned them both down, not coming close to the type of compensation that they're expecting in exchange for Samuel. The reports don't, don't specify exactly what was offered their way in terms of draft picks, but according to the Niners, not enough to move him instead of waiting on the offseason to play out and if he's going to play out his $4 million salary in 2022. Um, I, NBC Sports had the story this morning where he, he remains dug in on his stance that he wants out of San Francisco. Uh, meanwhile, uh, General Manager John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have both said they're going to do everything in their power to mend the situation. Well, there's no timetable on it now with no draft picks to be had or anything like that. So um, it slows down now. Uh, I mean, him missing uh, OTAs is no big deal. See what happens with the mandatory minicamp, which is generally mid to late June, mid-June. And uh, it goes from there. Maybe there's some connection to Garoppolo, depending on, uh, on the yeah, status maybe. of Garoppolo. This is what the Titans could have done. Right, so right. This, this is, we're going to be comparing this that to, they could to the have A.J. Browns. And this may blow up in their face, and we may come back and say, man, John Robinson was smart to right do that thing. and get something in return uh, in Traylon Burks. But I, I, I'm going to be following this so closely to see if a team actually tries it. And it is calling a player on the bluff and saying you're under contract, you can show up and get fined, or you can show up and play this year. I don't think the Niners are going to go full in on that. I think they're going to continue to talk to him and try to work out an extension and mend everything the way they're saying that they want to. But this is going to be an interesting story to follow because if the Niners go the route of the, of the Titans and trade him to a team that's going to give him everything he wants, it's just going to spurn more and more of this right. moving forward. And, and if he goes the other way, will he do what his agents had A.J. Brown ready to do, which is – you know, show up to the finable stuff, but not be willing to go take the grass, so to speak. So well, you're there, I mean, but you're not participating. AJ had more leverage than Debo Samuel. That's what it comes down to. The leverage is the team willing to trade for you, yeah. not just sign you. The Eagles gave up a first and third round pick in exchange for signing him to a $100 million contract. No one's giving up a first and a third for Debo Samuel. That's why he wasn't traded. You know, the, the, the reports came out on Debo on Friday and Saturday about the offers, not Thursday night. So no one's giving up a first-round pick for Debo. They were willing to give that up for A.J. Well, Brown. And that's, that's the difference. That's why it's going to be interesting to follow to see if they don't get what they want in return for Debo Samuel, which clearly wasn't a first- and third-round pick like A.J. Brown. Do they make him stay and say, you're under contract? We couldn't find a willing trade partner for you to get what we needed for you and you're under contract, and then what happens at that point? Even if Debo Samuel continues to tell everyone that'll listen, hey, I want out. And look, the Jets were the team that was wild about a receiver, and they have Garrett Wilson now. Right. It, Things have changed. Exactly. Yeah, the, the market dries up, um, and I think the, the key is how do you view Debo Samuel in your offense? Um, he's wanting out to get paid now because he feels like another year is another year where you can make the argument he's a dual position guy than he is wide receiver. The wide receivers are the guys getting paid, 
not the special right. teamer, running back slash wide out, you know, slot guy. And the fact is the team that fits him best is the San Francisco 49ers. Well, I can come up with some other ones for you. Baltimore comes to mind. Baltimore will be excellent with Debo Samuel in their offense. Yeah, but Baltimore's not going to give him the money that he's looking for. Well, they just dealt Hollywood, Hollywood Brown, Brown, and you know they didn't. Uh, they did not do a good job addressing the position in the draft. So I, I think you know if Baltimore comes to mind as a team that could now be in the mix. Um, you know, beyond that, we mentioned Chicago. Green make, Bay was one sense. that was initially thrown out there. Yeah, and then Green, you know, Green Bay gets uh, Watson as the at the top of the the second round. Uh, who can do a lot of the the elements of the offense that you could see Devo with. But again, like I, there are ways to fit him with an offense to make it work. Houston is another one that that would make sense with um, with the room, the trade rumors out about Christian McCaffrey this offseason. Whenever it was reported that the 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 Panthers were interested, Houston was automatically linked to them with McCaffrey. If they're interested in McCaffrey, to me they should be interested in Devo Samuel. I think it'd be crazy to trade for Christian McCaffrey. I mean, that that is just an NFL litmus, litmus test at this time. Would you trade for a running a slight running back who is uh, you know, certainly a versatile running back who's a huge part of your passing game That's and Debo. your running game, but it has a huge injury, injury history in the last 2 years. Why would you trade for that yeah. contract? when you can go draft somebody or use two guys for, for the two jobs. Um, I, I, I was concerned with Arizona Trey McBride, who's a good draft pick, but they have Ertz. And they ran the fewest plays with uh, um, – Two tight ends? Not, not too tight, but um, versions of too tight. Some versions of too tight that ran the least uh, in the league. Um, it, it didn't make a lot of sense. And their first pick wasn't until 55. So he's a good player, obviously, but seems to redouble Earth. Question for you guys. So Debo Samuel and A.J. Brown share the same agent. Yes. Are you pissed off if you're Debo Samuel right now at your agent for finding that deal for A.J. Brown and not finding it for you at this point? Well, this and if this continues to drag on and you can't get the, the trade partner in line, how much agent blaming is going on if you're Debo Samuel? Because it's not like these guys sit around and think, oh, A.J. Brown's a better player than I am. Oh, Debo Samuel yeah, no, thinks he's better than A.J. Brown. And A.J. Brown thinks he's better than Debo Samuel. I think A.J. Brown's better. But, you know, they're not going to concede that, being competitors well, and where they are in their career. Or, you know, he's, he's dug in on the trade. Are the 49ers, you know, by not doing this, are they willing to negotiate? Are they willing to offer, make a, make a contract offer? They're certainly uh, the agents massaging it. Uh, now they're preaching patience when maybe they were – indicating things could be faster. I'm oh, it's got to be patience now. I'm looking back. I have a, a note on, uh, on, on some other guys that had the same agent. Here you go. Um, Godwin and Mike Williams have the same agents or agency, and they got the same deal in very short order, three years, $60 million. So I, I would think Dandy saying, hey – uh, we've seen agents with similar players get similar deals in the past. Be patient. But it's different because one of them got traded and the other one didn't. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, this is typical for, for trades coming together. The team allows the agent to go seek the trade, meaning here are the parameters of what we need. Go find it. If you can find it, then we can talk details with the team based on the parameters that you're requiring um, that we're not willing to meet. Right, that's what happened with AJ Brown. They, and they're, 
they went out and got the, the first and the third. Robinson and Roseman talked things over with, in regards to the deal. Reports are that, that the trade itself was confirmed around lunchtime on Thursday. And, it, I mean, it, the money's already negotiated at that point. And it's a, it's a, it's a done deal. And Tory Dandy is also saying, look at Metcalf and McLaurin. Nothing's happened with them. So AJ's the outlier at this point. There's three of you and there's one of him. So you, don't be upset. There's three well, of you to still sort out. And he represents one of them, right? Uh, Metcalf, I think. It's also difficult to tell someone that is employing you this, but the honest truth of the matter is there's a team that viewed A.J. Brown better than all of you. Yeah, That's what it is. They preferred A.J. Brown. And we had said that. There's A.J. A.J. is the best they, of those four. There's a reason they traded a third-round pick and the 18th pick for A.J. Brown and not Terry McLaurin, not you, not no, anyone else. They preferred him. So well, you're going to have to deal with that. The other thing, too, is it's, I think it's easier to get a deal done in, if you're an NFC team with an AFC team. Yeah. Like the, and the ticking The clock. other examples are NFC to NFC. Uh, and in the case of McLaurin, it's the same division, which isn't going to happen. Right. I mean, that, that's, that's the common sense aspect of the divisional trade, and which you're just not going to see. They're, Debo Samuel's not going to be traded to the Rams. Unless you're uh, the Vikings helping out the yeah, unless you're the Vikings. You're competing against. And those are just Willing just to let picks. the Packers jump you for a, a receiver. Uh, Christian Watson. <laughs> Bizarre. Bizarre. I, I, think, uh, I think the Ravens make a ton of sense. They loaded up on tight end in the draft for Lamar Jackson. A lot, I, of, I think, a lot of what they do is on the middle of the field, but you can use Debo Samuel a lot of different ways within that offense. I think Baltimore – I mean, Baltimore is getting raised, and Baltimore is a great drafting team, don't get me wrong, and, and I like what they did. But um, I think it's an 11 or 12 pick draft, and they came in – I'm listening to the radio on my way to the Titans on Saturday, and they had the six-fourths, which is great in this draft to have six-fourths. But in no way – and the guys I was listening to on NFL radio – we're saying that they don't expect you to use all six fours. You expect them to deal them some. These guys can't all make the team, I don't think. Their draft class can't all make the team. I'm surprised they didn't deal a little bit. Well, or the guys that they wanted just kind of fell to them, and they were asking more than what teams are willing to yeah. do to move around. That's a I've, lot of rookies. Quite a few. And Lamar Jackson is upset because he still doesn't have his wide receiver. They traded that guy to Arizona.